All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey everybody, John Scott here. I just got a little thing called Cameo. So if you need a message to you or your sexy one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> what should I? That was good. <laughs> no. Um, so I'm on this new website. It's called Cameo. It's kind of cool. I saw Brett Favre did it. So I wanted to copy Brett Favre. And what it is, is you can get me to send you a message doesn't matter what it is could be for your birthday your bachelor party or just a regular old hump day on wednesday if you want me to send you a message check it out i'd love to i think you got to pay a little bit of money for it but that's how you know put shoes on my baby's feet put a smile on your face everybody's a winner check it out cameo john scott Welcome to another exciting episode of Dropping the Gloves with yours truly, John Scott. We got Tim from Boston in the house. What's up, guys? We got John, who doesn't know anything. Hey. And Larry on the turntables. Larry, how's it going, buddy? Larry, I hope... doesn't, Larry doesn't have a mic. No, Larry, that's, there's a reason. Yeah. So this past weekend, I was on another alumni adventure. We went to Brockville, Ontario. They could, the locals call it Brock Vegas for some reason. And I was with the Chicago Blackhawks alumni, which was fun. I haven't done anything with the Hawks in a while. I flew in from uh, Sioux, Ontario, and Ottawa drove in. It was a really good event. The people in Brockville were super, super friendly. They like to have a good time. It was uh, the event was for an outdoor rink. I guess their their rink fell down ten years ago, and they've been slowly but surely building a new rink with all the money they make from these events. So they. They did the uh, the original six, and they're on the fourth team now with Chicago. So they have Detroit next year and Toronto to finish it off. So it was a fun event. Met some nice people. You know, it's always nice to go to a, a new city and meet random strangers and hear their stories and uh, have some beers and have some fun. What other uh, alumni were there with you? Uh, Matthew Barnaby was there. Ally Frady, who didn't play for the Hawks. He just really likes Brockville. There was um, Denny Savard. Ted Bully. There was a lot of guys I, I didn't know who played hockey because they played <laughs> hockey a long time ago. That's the funny part. You know, like the, the stars, but then there's other guys you're like, oh, cool. You played hockey. Like I, I drove from the airport to uh, Brockville with Wayne Presley. And I was like, I have no idea. I'm sorry. I don't Batman? know. Batman? <laughs> That's Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Elvis Presley. That's the one. I know. That's their illegitimate son. But no, we drove in from Ottawa, and I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. And then they were listing off his stats. He's like, oh, no, I played like 300-some games. I scored five shorthanded goals five years in a row. I had like 100-some goals. And I was like, oh, wow, you're a really good hockey player. 
And so it's kind of embarrassing because everybody knows me just because of my all-star game. And then here's this guy who actually was legit at hockey and no one knows anything about him. And there's this, the older guy, Ted Bully, no one knew at all who he was. But he was like this really good hockey player back in the day, and he's a super nice guy. And he would never even knew he played hockey. He would just be like the older guy sitting in the corner with the Hawks hat on. So everyone would come around for autographs, and Ted would be sitting there like, anyone? <laughs> oh, no. And so I, I'd constantly have to be like, Ted Bully, everybody, come around, come around. So, you know, that was nice of you. It was very nice of me. But it was fun. We had a good night. We had um, – there was like a gangster theme party on the Saturday night where people dressed up in prohibition garb and not like current gangster, not current. No, that would have been a whole different, um, setup. Okay. There was a gangsters back in the day, the classy gangsters. Yeah. And, uh, it was fun. You know, they had a open bar, which is always Ooh. interesting. What'd you drink, John? Um, you know, I kept it classy. I had just some beers. <laughs> I don't like to get too messy at these events, especially we did a hot stove where you get asked questions and, I went up with Matthew Barnaby and he, I think was overserved a little and he, he kind of went off the rails a little bit. He, he had some fun, but you know, I try to keep it nice and professional at these events. I don't like to get too loose. Did you, uh, did you talk to Savard? He was on your podcast. I did. Danny Savard. Awesome guy. Such a cool guy. If you ever get a chance to meet him, I defy you to try to find him when he's in a bad mood. He's always smiling, especially if you have a little kid around, not in the creepy way. He just loves little kids. Like he loves just seeing kids. That's all. And he's just such a great guy. Still good at hockey. He had the puck on the half wall and I was just sitting there watching him. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's not even looking at the puck and he's just stick handling. And he's got to be like 60 ish. And it wasn't even his stick. His sticks got lost in the travel or whatever. And he was just using someone else's stick, just literally dangling in the corner, not even looking at the puck, which is really hard to do for me. So he's still got it. Oh, Bernie Nichols was there. I don't know. You guys. He's one of the most underrated players ever. I think he has something silly like 500 goals or something stupid like that where he should be in the Hall of Fame, but he's not. And the main reason why people don't vote him in is because we played with Wayne Gretzky in L.A. Ah. And he added his stats with Gretzky. That's what everyone thinks, but he's still like, he's got Tim with his stats. So 475 goals See? for 1,200 career points, and he's better than a point-per-game player. Right. Like that's there's been guys who've made it the Hall of Fame. We don't have that kind of resume, but he hasn't made it in. So he was there. He was he was great. He's still wheeling dealing. We played the final game versus their All Star team versus us Legends, and he scored seven goals. He had 150 points one year. Isn't that crazy? He must have been on a line with Gretzky. Oh yeah, was that in L.A.? Yeah. Yeah. See, I could have gotten 70, 70 goals. points with Gretzky. <laughs> Honest to God. And then with the goalies back then, we always talk about that. The goalies didn't even go down. They were like the the totem poles who kind of just weaved back and forth and throwing themselves at the puck. Oh, so bad. So, so bad. But anyway, he was there. It was a fun night, fun event. Good time. We had, uh, you know, had some drinks. It was at odd, the outdoor rink, they never had locker room. So we had to get dressed in um, a semi trailer, the back of it. So they stuck a heater in the back of a semi trailer and just put chairs in there. And we got guards, skate guards. And we got dressed in the back of a semi-trailer. So that was... Uh, Not the, it wouldn't be the first time. I've been in the back of a semi-trailer? Getting dressed. Getting undressed. <laughs> <laughs> John Aiken, oh, everybody. Man. Oh, boy. But anyways, it was a fun weekend. It was um, lots of good times were had. And the main topic of conversation was the Hawks and their resurgence and how that changes their strategy going into the trade deadline. Dude, they were dead last. Dead last. 
And now all of a sudden they've hit the panic button or something and they have just switched it around and they've been winning. They've been one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Them, San Jose, St. Louis, all three of those teams have just been on They're fire. They're only a few games back from the wild card spot. We were checking that out today. Yeah, so now we were talking because Denny is an ambassador for the Hawks and he was just saying how no one really knows which way they're going to go. Do you try to make a push for the playoffs and be the eighth seed? Because in the West, it's kind of anything goes. If they make it, I remember when I was with the Hawks, we snuck in with the eighth seed. We played Vancouver, who was first seed, and we took them to seven games and almost beat them. They, they beat us in overtime in game seven. So, you know, stranger things have happened. If you get in the playoffs, especially with that lineup they have, with the, the depth they have, you never know. So what do they do? You get, you get some more role players. You get some guys to play with uh, Taves Kane. There's been rumors they're trying to go after Panarin again. Imagine if they traded Panarin for Saad for a third time. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kane and Panarin were so good together, and you know that he's just doing everything he can to hold himself from from just saying that because he'll get in trouble, but he definitely wants him back on his line. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's well, he's the MVP this year, and imagine if he had Panarin with him. It would be crazy how good he would be. Yeah. But yeah, well, Panarin's going to be moved, so it'd be interesting. Chicago doesn't really have much to give them other than Saad, which I don't think they'll do again. So I don't think that will be a trade that they can make. But I think they'll go and make a couple moves here and there. You know, maybe try to get another defenseman, a couple third, fourth lines guys. It's funny, at the deadline, this is a strange one because there's not usually this amount of talent available. Usually there's maybe one key guy, maybe two who can impact you. This year, there's a laundry list of guys who can be your first-line guy and who you can build your franchise around. Like, Panarin is only, what, 20-ish? And he can be on your team for the next 10 years and be a solid contributor, if not your first-line guy. And then there's like Duchesne and Stone in Ottawa. Those guys are good. They have 50, 60 points right now. And my favorite of them, Wayne Simmons. I love that guy. The fact that he's even on the market right now is incredible. I would lock that guy up and build my franchise around him. But Yeah, he's had some tough bounces with the injury bug. Yeah. Um, But but even like just two years ago, he was just... I think he's he's so good. I love the way he plays. Yeah. And I think... Any team who gets him, like I think he's better than Evander Kane, and he got what seven million this year with San Jose or six million. Kane's having a great year too. He though. is, yeah. And I didn't say that because they're both black. They play a very similar style of game. So, anyways, I just think it's going to be an interesting deadline. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to make the trades, but it's going to have some fireworks, and there's going to be some major, major tipping of the power balance because there is some impact players out there who can definitely definitely change a a series if not a whole playoff run if you're sitting there in third or fourth seed in the west or the east and you go out and grab stone or duchene or panarin or even a dougie hamilton or even a zuccarello and hayes from new york boom you're one of the you're one of the top contenders in in the league right now like it's it's that easy to do it's that easy john it's not rocket science. These are all my favorite players. Yes. All everyone you just said are my go-to. Those are your five favorite players. When what I'm about Brzezgalov? Where is he going to go? Probably north. Probably north. Brzezgalov's going north. Or yeah. south. Or south. It just depends. He's just going depends, way north. John. He's the biggest space cadet ever. He's probably already up in the <laughs> atmosphere, stratosphere. <laughs> but anyways, talking about the deadline, it got me thinking about what these teams are going through. Cause I, I went through it a few times and it's funny. I went through the whole gamut of deadline, mental, whatever feelings. I played on a terrible team 
who it was a complete fire sale. And I've played on a good team who were bringing in talent to make a push for the cup. And it's funny how you still have the same feelings being a third and fourth line guy. Cause you're just, okay, they're going to trade for somebody good and I'm going to be gone. The first time I got dealt, I was with Chicago and they were making a push for the playoffs. We had a very good team. They were coming off a cup two years prior. So they, they wanted to get back there. And I was like, okay, I, I was playing well. I was in a good spot. The deadline was going. They made a couple trades, blah, blah, blah. The deadline is at 3 p.m. So I'm sitting in my apartment in Chicago folding laundry with my wife. And we just had a new kid. All of a sudden, I see my phone. It's um, Stan Bowman. I'm like, oh, boy. I just breathed into the mic. Did you hear that? It Ooh, sounds terrible. That was a good breath. I hate when I do that. I'm sorry. I'll try my best. It's like my, my septum is crushed on my nose. Did you get punched this weekend? I've been punched too many times, so I can't breathe out of my nose. And so I have to take deep breaths every like minute or else I'll just pass out. I'll choke myself out because I don't breathe. So I can't breathe through my nose in a normal conversation. So I have to talk. Your nose looks all Oh, it's all crooked. Disgusting. Character. Character nose. That's character. So yeah, I'll be talking and I have to like turn. Okay. So it's terrible. I just thought you were being dramatic all the time. You should see me brush my teeth. I can't even brush my teeth without stopping and taking the toothbrush out to breathe because I can't breathe through my nose. That is gross. It is gross. Last night, I couldn't sleep at all because, anyways, it's a whole other issue of my nose. If you ever break your nose, get it fixed. Do you get a mask? Do you wear, like, a CPAP? I'll never wear one. My mom wears... My mom is so funny. She, like, will go to any random doctor's appointment, and whatever the doctor tells her, she just goes to the nth degree. So she went, and she's like, I don't think I sleep very well. So she did this big sleep apnea test. And mind you, she's like in her late fifties, maybe even sixty, and she's she's like, John, the doctor says I die like ten times a night. I stop breathing. I need to get a CPAP. I need to get this. I need to get this. I'm like, Mom, you're almost sixty years old. You've been doing this your whole entire life. I don't think you need it right now. She's like, John, I die every single night. Every night. I need it. I'm like, whatever. And then she goes into the doctor. She's not feeling good. So she has all these tests or what was it? She had water in her ear and she couldn't, you know, when you get water in your ear, it just sounds like echoey. So she had water in her ear for like a week and she went to like all these specialists, all these different things. My dad said she had a cabinet full of drugs from every different doctor in the city. And then finally she went to another doctor and I kept telling her mom, you probably just got water in your ear. It's not a big deal. And she went to a doctor and was like, yeah, you got water in your ear. Just relax. And so they, she stopped taking all these drugs and stuff and it went away, but she just such like, Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, what were, what were we talking about? John. Chicago, Chicago deadline. Oh, I was folding laundry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and then your nose broke again. I, I had my nose fixed because I couldn't breathe back Doesn't in Minnesota like and I got it fixed. There was so much calcium built up on my nose, they had to use a chisel and a hammer to chip off all the calcium that had built over the broken part of my nose. I got it fixed. I looked great. Literally, the very like next month, I crushed it again. So it was a complete waste of time. That's but for great. a month, I, I, I breathed great. How was the I was passed out. You weren't? Okay. The doctor Ooh. said it should have been in like a 45-minute surgery. It took like four hours. Jeez. Because I was just like... my. Calcium content is strong. My calcium level is <laughs> high. Drag. Calcium game strong. I was trying to think of that. <laughs> so anyways, so I'm folding laundry 
in my room and I, I check my phone. It's Stan Bowman. I'm like, dang it. And so I call him and he's like, John, you're, and I thought I was being sent down because usually when you get guys, you have to make a roster spot. You know, there's lots of players that shuffle around. I was kind of on the bubble as I always was. And I looked over at my wife. Literally, I said, I'm getting sent down. Uh, shoot. Which wouldn't be the worst thing, but, you know, you never like to be sent down. So I pick up the phone. He's like, John, hard to, hard to do this, but, you know, we made a trade. We're, we're sending you to New York. And I was like, oh, whoa. Like, wow. I thought I was going to the Islanders. They were last place. Terrible place to go to. Like, worst, worst city. One of the worst cities to, to go to back when they were at the Coliseum because they lived, they were out on Long Island. It was terrible. And I was like, dang it. Going to the island, like, that sucks. He's like, no, no, no. And I even said that. I'm like, the Islanders, that sucks. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 you're going to the Rangers. And I was like, Rangers? What? And the Rangers were in first place. They were, like, built for the playoffs. They had, um, that's when they had Gabrick and Richards and Lunkfus was on fire. They had their defense was Girardi and Stahl and, like, McDonough. They were really, really good. But I guess the Rangers GM had been calling Bowman for months trying to get me because he, in his own words, he said, he like, I'm not just saying this. He said, I like to have the baddest MF or in the league on my team. So he was trying to get me for a couple of months up to that. And Stan didn't want to give me up, but he's like, we weren't going to use you in the playoffs really. So I just, they got a fifth rounder for me, which is pretty good for someone of my skill level. And so I went to New York and literally how a trade works is after that call, Stan goes, yeah, their equipment manager is going to call you. Their travel people will call you. So they give my, all my information to the Rangers. I hang up the phone with Stan. I kind of process what's happening. Lots of emotions flying around because we just, you know, had a baby. Chicago yeah, is our I home. I was going to ask, yeah. what did your wife say when you told her that, when you hung up the phone? It's funny because that's when the relationship shifts from, you know, me being the rock. And because I was like, I was like very, I don't like getting traded you have emotions run like, why doesn't Chicago want me? Like I, I enjoy being here. I enjoy the team. So I'm like starting to get upset. And so she kind of was like, it's okay. You know, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. She goes into full on nurture mode, but I'm guessing in her mind, she's like losing her mind because she's got it. Like, what do I do? I'm going to be here by myself. I have like a, Ava was born Christmas Eve and the deadline is first week of February. So Ava was like just a month old. She was still a infant. And so I can't imagine what she's thinking, but at that time, you know, you're very selfish. I'm just thinking about me. Like, how am I going to get to New York? What am I going to do? Who are these guys? I don't want to go. This is my first time being traded. I was super, like, just emotional. So I, I hang up the phone with Stan. I'm trying to figure out what to do. Like, we were literally folding laundry, talking about what we're going to do for dinner. It was that we had the day off. It was like a nice day. And now I'm like, okay, well, what do I bring? What do I do? Where am I going? How does this work? I get a call from the travel people. They're like, okay, you're on a flight in three hours. Pack your bag, pack your hockey stuff, get everything you need for however many months, and you're going to go to our training facility in Williamsburg or Williamsville out in New York, and we'll see you there. Oh, I keep bumping the mic, Larry. I'm sorry. And that was it, and I was gone. I get to New York, and I'm on the Rangers. I We had a game the next night. I played, and I played the next, like, 10 games. Playoffs started and didn't, didn't see the ice again. <laughs> it was really great. All the guys got healthy who were like the physical guys, the Prust and the Mike Rupp, and they played. And I sat around and drank wine and watched the playoffs, and yeah, that was about it. That was, was that the Chicago one? No, no, no. Chicago did not win, but we almost won. We went to the conference finals and lost to 
the Devils, who then got swept by the Kings in the final. We had a good team. Did you know that you weren't going to play, or was it kind of like each game, you're like, oh, I might play tonight, I might play tonight? Um, I had hope because we played physical teams. We played the Devils, who were a physical team. We played Washington, who banged. So, no, it wasn't like a foregone conclusion. Actually, I should, I'll change that. I would say halfway through the playoffs, Tortorella, we had a team meeting, and we were watching video, and there was two different groups that practiced. There was the team, and then there was the Black Aces. And so I practiced with the team, and then the, the Black Aces were the AHL guys, and they practiced afterwards. So after the video, I was in there with the team, and towards in front of the whole team goes, John, uh, you're going to go practice with the Black Aces. You're going to go in their locker room too. And I was like, I literally, part of my language, I was like, are you f***ing kidding me? In front of the whole team. And because I was like, what? Like I had been with this team for now a month, two months, and I was like, you know, I was a part of the team. And he's like, what, do you got a problem with that? And I was like, well, yeah, like I'm on this team. And he's like, come in my office now. And so I went in his office, me and Torts, and we went back and forth for a solid five minutes having a nice little conversation um, about why I thought this was BS and how I think, you know, that's not how you treat a veteran player. And we and he doesn't back down from anybody. He's a very strong you, Everybody's probably seen his interviews. And so we went back and forth a long time where I thought, I was going to be kicked off the team because it was just one of those things where I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not getting paid right now. You don't get paid in playoffs. I'm busting my hump out there. And so we went back, we hashed it out and I went to the black cases and I went and skated with them, which was fine. I still traveled with the team on the road. Like I was still a part of the team. He just wanted me to get some more ice time and to skate a little more, but I was so upset. I was super pissed. And we went back. Yeah. If there was a fly on the wall in that one, there was some explicitives flying both way across the table but anyways yeah i went and practiced with the black aces we went to game six of the conference finals and that was it so that was my first trade how are those guys when you go down to work with them are they like oh they're pumped yeah that i walk it's funny one of the other black aces was matt zuccarello who's now like one of the best players in the league yeah and he was skating with me I'm like, everyone was like zooks should be playing he's so good but torts didn't like him he wasn't uh he wasn't his type of player at the time so he didn't play him which is strange. But anyways, it just got me thinking about the deadline and how teams, what's going on in the locker room. When I was with the Sabres, we were in last place and everybody knew it was going to be a fire sale. And it's funny. Everyone has their phone right beside their locker because the week before the deadline, you're just waiting and guys want to be traded when you're on a bad team. You want to go somewhere to like have a chance to win the cup. So like we had Vanek and Leopold and Miller and Ott and Regeer and Erhoff and Pominville and like we had a really really good team and those guys they knew they were going to be dealt they knew it and so they just sat there and we you'd be having a practice and all of a sudden bunk, okay come on Robin let's go you'd be in the middle of practice and like oh everyone would just word word Robin go word Robin go oh he went to LA oh okay he's gonna win a cup for sure and he won a cup you know and then Christian come on let's let's go where did you, where are you going oh he went somewhere else okay Vancouver, Vancouver. oh Pominville where are you going Minnesota oh okay and it just like it just happens throughout that week. You just constantly lose people. And it's just so bizarre. It's just such a weird thing where like you, you battle with these guys for all like 82 games and then halfway, like three quarters of the way through, they just are gone. And it's so weird. And you play against them the next week. Like when I got traded from the Rangers or from Chicago to the Rangers, we played Chicago like three days later. And it's so weird. Like I, and then you try to take your buddy's heads off 
<laughs> I remember I buried Jamal Mares, and everybody thought I was a dirty head. And I like just absolutely buried him. And Seabrook comes by and he taps me. He's like, John, like, what are you doing? I'm like, man, it's a clean hit. And they didn't have anybody to fight because I was gone. And so I just ran that whole team through the boards. I was so pissed off. We won the game. I think I got an assist. And it was one of the best, like, shove it up your behind game because it was like, okay, you shouldn't have traded me, Stan. I still am salty about that because I really like Chicago. It was too bad. But yeah, it's not fun at that time. I think everybody walks on eggshells. Well, just imagine we were talking earlier. If you could trade a, an employee like Larry, you know, we're going into the the earnings session. It's time for you to go. Sorry, we're sending you off to Minnesota. Minnesota. You're out of here. Yeah. But don't worry, we got three really good people coming in your spot. Right? And we're going to, yeah, we got the rights to two other people who are in college now and they I'm are showing potential. This. I'm going to, that would make business way more exciting. Yeah. But it's okay in hockey. No one ever thinks about the, the family. It's my poor wife. The human element of yeah. the Yeah. It's so hard. She had to pack up everything, pick up the pieces, because it's like they don't pay for our, our rent in Chicago. So we still pay rent there. They'll pick up our rent in New York, but you know, we're still paying four, five, six grand a month for rent. It's like I don't wanna pay that for the next three months when I'm not there. So she packed up our whole house there, threw it into storage and like she was it's amazing. The other times that you went to other teams, was it free agent? Um uh, no, I got traded from Arizona. I don't know if you knew this. I was in the All-Star game a few years back. No. Uh, and what? yeah, I know. It's you? it's unknown. Not a lot of people have heard of it. But I got traded after I got voted into the All-Star game to Montreal. No. And then it's funny. I got sent down. You believe that? They did not. I know. Did they know you were already in the All-Star game? I don't think they knew. I, don't I think, think they, they If they knew they wouldn't have done it. They would not have done it. That would have been silly. You should write a letter. I should write a letter to who? Or a book. Maybe. Or a book. I should make a movie. Should. I should start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what about so the other teams? Were you uh, just free agency? I was a free agent signing, which is always fun. Yeah, that's the best way to sign. You know, you have all these teams clamoring to get you. They whine you and dine you. They, you know, show you their facilities. <laughs> to, uh, they do that to the good players. I got. <laughs> I would get a hives around July first, eleven a.m. because the the deadline starts. At like noon or midnight, and I would just get super nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to get any calls? And luckily, I, I always sign on July 1st, except for the last year, I signed on like July 6th or 7th. So I never had to, you know, like, sweat it out. We're taking you to Tim Hortons. We're going to talk through this. Not even that. <laughs> like, listen, do you want this or not? We're not going to wait long. Yeah. yeah. We'll give you 10 minutes. Do you want this? I'm like, yes. Even if you try to negotiate a little, they're like, no. Yeah, no, that's no. not. No. You're going to get this much and you're going to like it. I was like, yeah, you are correct, sir. <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> I do like money. Thank you. But it, it'll be interesting. I am excited to see how this all shakes out. I don't know who's going to make a push or who's going to kind of fold the tent because lots of teams are in that limbo area. You know, should we make a, make a run for it? St. Louis has been on fire. Chicago. Other teams are faltering at the top. Nashville's kind of has been playing so hot. Winnipeg's just, you know, win two, lose two. It's like, what, what are we going to see out West? I think the East Tampa Bay is just running away with it. Right. If they, yeah, if they don't make it, they're a wagon for sure. Yeah. Well, they're a what? A wagon. I don't know what that means. They're a wagon. Tim uses all this lingo. Is that a Boston slang? <laughs> it's a hockey term. You don't it's know it. obviously not a hockey term. <laughs> well, Tim played rec lead for one year, so it's obviously a hockey term. <laughs> yeah. Tim played college hockey. College it's a wagon. Hockey. Uh, but yeah, they're good. Let's go back to the wagon thing. What does a wagon mean? It's like you hit your wagon. 
It's like a bandwagon. Wagon. Oh, you hitch up. But they're a wagon. They're the wagon. Yeah. I don't like it. You don't have to like it. Just, Let's edit that it's, out. It's not Larry. my turn. We're not uh, saying wagon. Cut no, it out. I don't know. Quit trying to make fetch happen. Fetch? You guys don't watch Mean Girls? Get the hell out of here. I don't know what that Come means either. <laughs> I don't know what that means either. <laughs> Quit trying to make Movie, fetch. 2004. I've heard Come of on, Mean man. Girls. I don't know yeah. the lines in it. But anyways, Larry, cut that out too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny. Oh, but anyways, we've gone on too long. Okay. With the trade deadline. Any questions? What about, did you talk about people uh, finding out via Twitter? Did you ever have people? Oh, yeah. That's the way people find out now because GMs are so busy. Like, especially when you get traded before the three o'clock deadline, the GM doesn't have time to really take a a minute or two to call the players. So a lot of guys, what, what, where they find out is the TSN, whatever. Bob McKenzie always breaks the news. He's the guy. He's the, uh, who's the guy? Adam Adam Schefter. Schefter. Yeah. Yeah. Of football. For so Woj, he's. For I, basketball. Don't, I don't really follow basketball too much. But yeah, he is the guy who breaks all the news. So that's how I found out. I was watching the TSN channel, Channel 30, and I saw my name. I was like, what? And then I got a call literally one minute later. So that's how the news is broke these days. Such a joke. No personal touches anymore. Can't stand it. Well, I think that's it, fellas. It'll be interesting to see what happens after the deadline. I'm excited to see uh, the directions teams take. We'll have to uh, revisit this in a week or two. We'll analyze it next time we meet. Do you think Panarin is going to get traded? Yes. Bobrovsky? No. Stone? Yes. Duchesne? No. Dezingle? No. Zuccarello? No. Hayes? Yes. Dougie Hamilton? No. Nobody wants him. Dougie! (laughs) Sorry, Dougie. What a bummer, that guy. Will Winnipeg... Get one of the top three guys. Who are the top three guys? Duchesne, Stone, and Panarin. Yeah, I think they'll get Stone. You think they'll get Stone? We'll see. You heard it here first. Tim and his predictions. Tim McKenzie. Tim the Wagon McKenzie. (laughs) That's it, everybody. I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.